Brian Wilkins. Basson hovering that badly at the moment now. They've got Maybank already off the field injured a moment ago. Brian Basson hobbling very badly in possession now. Obviously in some discomfort. Oh! Oh, but what a goal! Well, that's all of 28 yards. A really spectacular goal from Basson. Well, a moment ago, he was hobbling so badly, it looked as though he might have to go off. And then he unleashed that thunderbolt. Whack! Against the underside of the parlor. Fellow Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Day podcast, I am pleased to welcome our guest on the show today. He made 22 appearances for the club, scoring the one goal, but he played alongside the likes of Ron Chopper-Harris, John Dempsey and Ray Wilkins. Here is Brian Basin. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you? Yes, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, life's good. Good. Glad you're, glad you're okay. Nice to have you on, on the show as well. I know it's been a little bit of a sort of a long time scheduling to get it sorted, but no time like the present. <laughs> yes, true. Very true. Yeah. We will kick it off now, Brian. I want to start the interview sort of as I've done with a few of the other players. What made you fall in love with football in the first place? Was it a particular player that you, you saw on TV um... or was it school? What was it that made you fall in love with football? To be t- totally honest, I don't really know what made me fall in love with football. I just ended up playing football and really, really enjoyed it. Um, when I went to school, um, we were always Chelsea fans at that stage. And this might sound a bit corny, but we ended up making a team locally in Crawley called Craw- uh, Chelsea Miners. And we actually actually write to the club to see if we could use the name. Um, and they said we could. I mean, we played in the Chelsea kit, and um, and that's how I started at seven years of age, um, playing down in Crawley um, for a club called Chelsea Miners. Brilliant. That's, yeah. that's not yeah. a bad story. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we used to win everything as well. We had a good. We had a really good side. And I was very fortunate. I was quite um, big for my age, um, and I was very quick um, and very strong. So, yeah, I stood out a little bit at that stage. Who were your idols growing up? Oh, there's, there was, yeah, I mean, the guy, I, I was lucky enough to end up playing with him, but the guy that, when I grew up, was my idol was Mr Osgood. Um, Peter Osgood, yeah, yeah. Now, you started off as a youngster coming through the ranks at Chelsea. What were yes, your experiences like in the early days? Yeah, what happened was, again, playing for Chelsea Miners, I was 10 years of age. I was playing in a five-a-side final in Crawley. And um, at that stage, Marvin Hinton was a player that lived in Crawley. And they came. he came to the game um, with Tommy Doherty. And on that night, he chose me to start training at Chelsea twice a week at the age of 10. So um, I used to go every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, my father used to take me straight from work. Um, and Frank Luntstone at that stage was in charge. So we used to go to the bridge and, and we used to train underneath the, the, the walkway there underneath the uh, East Stand and, um, and then round the Greyhound area and behind the goals. 
uh, as it was then. And how did that make you feel in terms of oh, getting just, that yeah, sort of yeah, being selected yeah. for that, and then yeah, just it made me feel yeah, yeah, it was it was great. I was very very fortunate, very lucky, um, and I enjoyed it immensely and learned a lot. Who was the best players that you played with in in the time in the Chelsea youth setup? Yeah, we. I mean, again, we were very fortunate at that stage. It was a bit like the Man United because we had a great side and we won the football combination and we won the youth side uh, at that stage. But yeah, people like Mr. Wilkins, Ray Wilkins, both the Wilkins, Graham Wilkins, Butch, um, Ian Britton, Gary Stanley, um, all these players: Steve Finiston, Ted Maybank. Um, Derek Richardson, Steve Wicks, you know, all good players. Um, I'm very fortunate to have played with them. No, there's a, a few stories I know from uh, obviously their time, with, especially with that young squad, sort of pretty yeah. much, as you said, won everything. Quite quite a few high score lines as well, to be fair. It was sort of like yes. very one-sided. But the, the thing that I got from a few, few of the interviews that I had with certain other players was, how close you guys were yeah, in terms of yeah, it weren't just yeah. sort of teammates. You was pretty much like a band of brothers. Yeah, we were. We used to do everything. I mean, we used to train two hours in the after, uh, in the morning and we used to go out and sort of play snooker. We used to play golf or we used to do, we always used to do things together. Um, yeah, it was a very tight knit, very, very good bunch of guys. And there wasn't anybody who was sort of out on, you know, felt they were better than anybody else. We, we are, we were very, very much together. Now, I want to fast forward now to September of 1972. You would make yeah. your debut for the club against Sheffield United. That's when right. When did you know that you would be part of the team? And how did the senior players sort of take to you with you? Well, again, it was Dave, Sex- Dave Sexton was the manager. Mm. Um, at that stage, um, I was doing very... I was only... I hadn't played really any... Um, combination games wasn't in the I hadn't played any reserve games but he um I was a winger and I was quite quick and um, and big as I said for my age so he wanted um to have wingers he was very much sort of looking to have wingers so he then brought me into the first team squad and I started training with them and then that, that week before the game obviously there was a couple of injuries and I then found out I was playing so then we sort of trained the week with me playing um, on the right-hand wing. So, yes, it was very nervous. But the only other good thing about uh, playing Sheffield United at that stage, I played there for England schoolboys um, the year before. No, sorry, not the year before. Uh, three years before, and we played um, ERA, uh, Republic of Ireland. We won 11-0. Oh, so it had good... And it, and it was then where they had three sides of the stadium. It was the Yorkshire Cricket Ground. So they didn't have four sides to the football pitch. It was only three. One was completely open because that's where the cricket ground was. So, yeah, so it wasn't a, 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 as in a football stadium, um, like four-sided. It was three-sided. So it was, yeah, a little bit different. You mentioned Dave Sexton there. He was in charge of the club at, at the yeah. time. It's been a yeah. while since Dave Sexton has actually been mentioned on the show, but... What was Dave like as a person and as a coach to you? Obviously, obviously for me, um, because he brought me into the team, because it, um, I found him, um, I found him very good, um, and I found him a very good tactician from my point of view. 
but he obviously clashed very much with the more senior, more sort of players with your Osgoods, your Hudsons, and and that's when it all went pear shaped at that time. Um, but for me, he he, and but I was a very very young lad who wanted to get on, and Chelsea were my team, and got nothing better than me playing out on that the bridge. You know, and especially when until looking next to me was Mr. Osgood and sort of Ronnie. And so, yeah, it was just amazing time for me. I got on very well with Dave. And, and, and the other thing as well is I, because I come from Crawley, Dave came from Brighton. That Sometimes he used to, it, might, it must have, when I thought back at it now, it must have looked a bit weird because he used to give me lifts up to training right. and things like that. So it must have looked quite uh, <laughs> naughty at that stage. You spoke about him earlier in terms of idolising and when you was youngster, you was growing up, but you mentioned Osgood. What was it like for you to then be in the same team as him oh, playing for the oh, club? Yeah, that you yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it was, it, well, <laughs> yeah, it was a dream come true in that, in that sense. Um, but yeah, they were, they were all great lads. Your, your Ian Hutchinson's and all that. And then um, what happened one year is we went, we were lucky enough. They took us, the few of the young lads away to Australia for a tour, end of season tour. And just the little stories that the first, um, we stayed in Darwin um, and we're staying in the hotel. And I, obviously we get our rooms in the morning, we go to check out and I'm looking and I ask my bill and my bill was enormous. And what I, the lad, Aussie and all the lads had done, and they got themselves a few bottles of champagne and all signed it in my name. <laughs> and my, my bill was, you know, I just, you know, I was what, so Mr. Mr. Sexton, Dave Sexton then sort of said, but, you know, you can't do this again and got them to pay for it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, the, but that's the sort of thing they used to do. Well, I expect they do probably do it these days as well. But yeah, that was a, a sort of a, a intro into the uh, first team of uh, going away and doing things. But yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful time though. We had a great, great time mm. over there. Yeah. That's, that's great. You would make a handful of appearances for Chelsea this particular season. You was also involved in a win over Tottenham, which is always good. You always always good to beat your rivals. Was you happy with this point at your stage of your career in terms of the amount of games you would play or how much you would be involved with Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, I played my first senior game just before my 17th birthday and just before I signed pro. So I think I signed pro probably about two weeks before I played the Sheffield United game. So I was very, very young and very ignorant. Um, and I think looking back, to, back on it now, um, at my age, I just think I was probably too young at that stage. It was too early for me. Um, and so, I mean, that game at Tottenham was 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 wonderful. We, I remember, I can remember it as if it was yesterday. I helped make the goal. We won one nil. Um, so yeah, it was. And the, the team Tottenham had out with your Mike Englands, your Pat Jennings, and and all that. Martin Chivers. It was just a special. Steve Perriman. It was a special day again. But I mean, I went to the game with Ronnie, Ronnie Harris. Um, I took one in his car and he took me home afterwards. So, yeah, it was that was, a, you know, again, another special day. But, yeah, I just think I was too young at that stage, really. Um, so um, I then played in a few other games. I think I played against Newcastle at home where we drew 1-1. Um, and there's a few other games I can remember, but yes, it was it was it was good and it was a great experience. I just think at that stage it sort of knocked me back a little bit, as in confidence and things. So, yeah, but in realistically, yeah, I was probably too young. Because I was when I was doing research 
on you, Brian, and I was having a look at your stats and I was having a look at certain games, it would be for nearly two years that you wouldn't yeah. be involved in the first team as well. So, obviously, this was in part, obviously, what you said about the confidence thing. Was you worried that your chance may have gone or you may have had to move to no, not game? Or no, did you feel no. you'd bide your time and stay and yeah, see so how I it mean, goes? Yeah, I'm, 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 I was a Chelsea boy, so was, there wasn't any thought of me going anywhere or thinking because I wasn't playing, I wanted to leave. Um, yes, I was playing regularly in the combination side, the reserve side. We ended up winning the football combination, that league, um, the following year. Again, we had some really good players. The kids, again, they were all there. And everybody else was then getting the chances. And then the following year, Eddie McCready became the combination manager. And that's where uh, Eddie sort of got a look at me. And I, and I don't think he particularly fancied me at the beginning um, and sort of like, but I think I proved to him there was a certain amount of ability in me that that could be good. So um, I think that's what helped me when I then became a regular in the first team with Eddie, when Eddie became manager. Well, I was going to say, Eddie would then become the Chelsea manager and it yeah. was a little bit of a sort of turns out to be a popular decision amongst the players, but also amongst the fans. You mentioned, obviously, with Eddie sort of knowing you from the Combinations League. Was it good then for you that he got the job, knowing that he'd know what you was like and it was more um, of a advantage to you? Yeah, I suppose, Look again, looking back at that time, I didn't think of it that way. Um, and I didn't know... I, I didn't know that he particularly liked me at that stage. It's just that when he then became manager, I, I became involved with the first team again. And I was part and parcel of his plans. And um, and it just gave me a huge amount of confidence. So, um, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was good for, yeah, I felt it was good for me, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't thinking of that um, at that stage as a, as a player. I just felt that, um, I suppose I felt that I had more of a chance of them playing again, but I never had any thought in my head the previous year about leaving or wanting to leave the club. I suppose I wasn't a moaner, I wasn't a groan. I didn't, it didn't, yeah, I would love to have played, I wanted to play, but I wasn't moaning because I wasn't. Right. Because it would turn out the first game of the 75 76 season, Chelsea were at home to Carlisle United. Yeah. Yes. You were selected to start. We are going to talk about that goal, by the way. You were selected <laughs> to start. How relieved was you that you was being able basically to have a second chance in the first yeah. game? Yeah, of course. I mean, again, um, it was it was a funny time for the club as well. The new East Stand had just been built. It was all sort of yeah. um, where there was, there was sort of the, the sort of the big changes of all the big guys had gone. The club had gone down into the second division. It was you know, and Chelsea Chelsea have always been a big club. They've always been a you know a big London club. And, and so it was, there was quite a bit of weight on the, the boys' shoulders at that stage. And we'd all been brought up together. We'd all played it. So we, we, we were very, again, we were very much of a close, close. And then we had your David Hayes, you know, your Ronnie's, your Mickey Droys, your Peter Bonetti's and all that, the senior players. Um, but it, so it was a good mixture in that stage. It was, it was a good, it was a, again, a good atmosphere. So yeah. And the only other thought that I had, because the previous year Chelsea had played Carlisle at home and lost 2-0. Hmm. So that there was that sort of thought in my head when we when we played the game. So now we have on 
I think, believe it is on YouTube. There is um, obviously the clips of the, like the highlights, but also it was part of the big match revisited yes. that you could find yes. on ITV4 in, in the UK. So if you can find it, <laughs> have a look at it. What was the atmosphere like for you, but again, being a Chelsea boy and being part of that? Because, again, when I've seen clips of Chelsea from the 70s, the atmosphere was just something else. It's not like, oh. to, not like today. Obviously, back then it was a lot better. But, you know, everyone was standing. Hardly anyone was sort of in their, yeah. pretty much in their seats and yeah. just constant singing for 90 minutes. What was oh, it like yeah. for you to be sort of involved in that on a regular basis? Yeah, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. You know, it was it was just the, you know, you used to enjoy playing at home. You used to enjoy, you know, you, you weren't under any pressure. We, we had super support and they still do now. I mean, it's just, just great support. The club's always had good support. Now, we've mentioned about the Carlisle <laughs> game. Tell me about the goal. What was your first reaction when you first hit it? Was you surprised that how well it pretty much... When well, in. everybody, everybody and... talks to me about the hop, about what I did to my leg before, because I don't, I don't know if, if you watch it on telly, you can see Ted got whacked on the on the, the sideline, um, Teddy Maybank. And then what happened was I got the ball and I don't know if anybody's ever done it, walked down, a, walked down the street and gone over on your on your foot in a hole and you just go over on your, your ankle and it really hurts for like a. 30 seconds, whatever, and then you manage. So what happened was, if you watch it again, I play the ball with my left foot, which you I don't play very often, to be honest. <laughs> and I went over on my ankle. And it, it was one of those where it really hurt. And then you saw me limping and limping and limping. And, and then Eddie, um, Ian Britton got the ball, played it to me. Yeah, and it was just, just a, a, an instinct thing to do. Um, I, I'd always, I can always strike a ball, or you used to be able to strike a ball really, really well. So, um, yeah, so I just thought I'd have a go. Yeah, it was, yeah, to score at the bridge was uh, special. I'd like to have been at the other end, but it was the shed end, but uh, but it wasn't, so, but no. It was it was a fabulous finish, because I remember, again, when I was doing my research, and even before that, when I've, you know, I've got sort of the DVDs and clips and whatever, and it was just a great strike, and I'm like, what? that was his only goal? I was like, you know, yeah. wow, it's just... Yeah. To have that as your for your yeah. only goal, that has got to be something special. It's not like a yes, sort of a I mean, everybody, from, yeah, because know, everybody remembers yards. it. Yeah, everybody remembers it. So yeah, it's good. Everybody remembers that Carlisle goal. But so yeah, so it's nice in that sense. Yeah, it's always nice to look back on. And even after that game, you had a consistent run in the team as well. You was playing pretty much yeah. week in week out. This must have given your confidence such a boost and oh, knowing that yes. you was you know involved not just oh because there's no one else available but because you was one of the first names on on the team sheet at that stage yes yeah i mean again with all the lads there that we'd all come through the youth team and this that and the other and the atmosphere and again we we were playing well and we and we were getting results so you know yeah confidence was high and yeah and so it was yeah it was it was good it was a good time and you mentioned before about with Ron Harris and Peter Benetti, but you were still considerably young compared to the other guys in the dressing room as well. So again, sort of that must have helped you being able to be sort of supported by the elders yeah. in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. A special guy. Um, 
to be honest, at that stage, senior guys was a guy called well, you know, David Hay. Mm. Um, and I can remember when I was when I was being apprentice, and I remember David playing for sort of Scotland in the World Cup in the nineteen seventy four World Cup, and thinking what a good player he was. And then I found out Chelsea had bought him. Um, so yeah, he's he, he was, but he was a superhuman being. He was a nice nice guy, very very helpful. Speaking of helpful players, and one person that will forever be a legend in a lot of people's eyes is Ray Wilkins. And at the oh. time where you was involved in the team, he was actually the captain. He was. Side. What was your thoughts on Ray? Not obviously not just as a person, but uh, uh, as a captain. And if anybody that obviously didn't see him play, what sort of type of captain material would he do? You, you know, was he much of a tall goal? Was he more of yes, yes, no, no, in no, the dressing he, room only he, rather he, than. No, he was he, he was very much very vocal um, on both sides, um, but very positive vocal. He, he never moaned at you, never complained, never you know. It always it always see a, the positive side of anything, and right. um, so yeah, he was he was super in that sense. I mean, he was way way above his age. Folks, we interrupt this show by uh, wanting to tell you about our sponsor, Manscaped. We are delighted Manscaped are part of the Blue Day podcast. They have the tools for your family jewels. You don't want smelly nuts. You want to impress your wife, your girlfriend, or in fact your mistress. Well, look no further than Manscaped. Yes, folks, Manscaped are back. The best in male grooming. Manscaped are committed to helping men around the world walk and talk with some swagger this season with the best grooming tools on the market. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and enjoy this exclusive offer. 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code BDP. That's Blue Day Podcast. Promo code BDP at manscaped.com. Don't neglect your beautiful self and get right this year with Manscaped. With this offer, you will get the slickest version of the Performance Package 4.0, the perfect package that will deal with your package. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0, equipped with skin-safe technology to minimise nicks and cuts for your nuts. It also comes with the Crop Reviver Groin Spray. I can tell you from experience, this has taken my confidence into the bedroom to a whole new level. Not only do I smell good, but it also helps out in terms of the bedroom department as well. Want something you don't mind showing that's special someone in your life? Look no further than the Manscaped Boxers 2.0. These are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. I can confidently say I'll never go back to cotton boxer briefs after wearing these. Once again, folks, Manscaped supports the Blue Day podcast so much that they provided an exclusive offer for our listeners. That is you, by the way. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code BDP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BDP. Feel like yourself again and take charge of your life with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you for it. Did you did you notice that in him in his younger time? Again, when you were sort of playing in the youth setup and you was involved with the likes of Ray and Grant, did you see that he could potentially become that yes. Type of yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. he was. He was. He was just. He was so. Um, 
cool. He when I say cool, he was so confident he could he could strike a ball with any foot, he could it, any situation, and he could read the game so well. And yeah, he 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 was he was special guy, special guy, special player. So yeah, it was a pleasure to play with him. It got to a stage, obviously, at this time where Chelsea wasn't getting promoted. Was you a little bit concerned or more frustrated, I should say, that Chelsea wasn't getting that sort of promotion charge? They weren't going up to the first division at this point. Um, yeah, that's. But I, I, I only, I ended up breaking my leg, which you probably might end up talking we'll talk about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's, at that stage, yeah, I, I was out the side for at least six months, and then the following year, it all, it's when it started to go pear shaped again when Ken became because at the end, I was sent to America to get fit. I played for Vancouver Whitecaps to get myself fit, and then at that stage, Eddie had left the club. I then went back to Chelsea, um, and obviously Ken didn't fancy me, didn't didn't, and I wasn't involved at all that season, um, which was frustrating in that sense. I don't mind managers not fancying you, um, but all I'd like to have been given was a chance. And if I and if I hadn't taken my chance and I wasn't good enough, then fair enough, you know, I walk away. But not be given the chance um, that was frustrating for me in that sense. We'll talk about that in terms of that game. I believe it was against Arsenal in the League Cup where it, you it suffered was. the um, yeah. broken leg. What was going through your mind at this point? Did you feel that they, you know, your progression as a footballer might stall? Was there a, you know, something what, whereby I can what get is this, from what, this? With, what, with, with the break? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it didn't immediately... Um, I think that way because I've never really thought about breaking my leg. But <laughs> after, yeah, now afterwards, and when I I was trying to sort of get fit, um, I then started to get frustrated um, with things like that. Yes, I did get a bit of frustration. So, but just going back to Butch to that night when I broke my leg, um, when I got got hit. Um, Ray came straight over to me and said, get up, don't let him see you hurt. So I tried standing on it and it was like a needle going through me. And um, yeah, and Arsenal were the only club at that stage that had sort of x-ray machines in their dressing rooms. So straight away, I knew I had a double fracture of the right leg. So, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So that night I knew that uh, it had, but it didn't really hit home to me sort of what impact it would have on me because uh, I lost a little bit of speed. I suppose I put on a little bit of weight. And so I can understand um, them letting me go eventually, but it was frustrating. And it was, it, and it was, you know, I've always been a Chelsea boy and I've always will be a Chelsea boy. And um, yeah, so it's frustrating. It was frustrating at that time. Because when I was, Again, looking back on the timelines and looking back on certain um, stats, it would only be for example, like a number of months later that you would leave the club to join Plymouth Argyle. Yeah. How did that move come about? And just sort of bearing in mind with the context we've just spoke about, was you still injured at the time that you left no. for Plymouth or was you fully no. fit? I was fully fit. But when I came back from America, um, it was for the season when Ken was manager. Um, and I was I was fully fit that the whole year 
and um, and all I played was reserve games. Um, as I said, Ken Ken wouldn't. I wasn't even training with the first team. I wasn't even part of it. So, um, and then what happened was Eddie um, Ken. I'm just trying to think who the guy, the guy was at Plymouth now. Can you believe this? Mike Kelly was the manager at Plymouth. And I went down on loan for a month to begin with. Um, and I just wanted to play football then at this stage. You know, I just I just wanted to get in, onto a pitch and play with, with X amount of thousand people watching me. Mm. So I went down and they wanted to buy me and then Ken decided to sell me and that was it. Um sad time in that in that in that way really um because i never really wanted to leave chelsea did you have any conversations with ken about your feelings about no i wasn't a owner keith i wasn't right. i wasn't somebody who would go knocking at the door and saying why wasn't i playing why was i doing this? yeah i suppose i was just sort of i accepted it you know he he wasn't he didn't want me in the side and there was no point in he didn't he didn't fancy me as a player so you know, there are managers who fancy people and players that they don't fancy. So that's how it goes about. So so I thought I just need to do something to sort of start playing first-team football. Now, we'll discuss current events now um, in terms of what's happening in today's football. And one thing that has caused a little bit of controversy and will perhaps probably always will is VAR. Now, Ryan, what's your take on the uh, software? Are you against it? Are you for it? And um, if there's um, anything that you would probably change, what would it be? What's what? My feelings is I is is quite weird because there's con- 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 a lot of controversy now on the rugby side of things. I just think that um, I like the way on the way the rugby does it as in there is a guy watching the game and if there's something goes on off the ball, he will let the referee know and the referee will then take the playback or do whatever. So, so, but it's, it's getting the consistency of people's judgment on what happens as in, you know, what is and what isn't and what, what's offside, what isn't off. So yes, I, I, I do believe in VAR, but they need to make, it needs to be much more. And I still think they need, players to be VAR because pe- players know what goes on in a game. People know when somebody's faking it or falling over or jumping or doing whatever. And I just think there are people who think they know what it is and it's, and it's not. It's, but yeah, it's a, at the moment, VAR is a joke. It's more harmful to the game than it is good at this moment in time, in my, in my opinion. I think with the way it's looking, and I've spoke to a couple of other player, ex-players about this, it's just got to a stage where it's more used for entertainment purposes or drama. It's yeah. not used for sporting context anymore. It's like um, there was a, a game a, a few, I believe it might have been last week or the week before. It took five minutes to make a decision or over five minutes to make a decision. That's not what VAR was brought no. in. It was brought in to make uh, the correct decision, but effectively and quickly, not yep. five, you know, not over five minutes. And even the fact that fans, when they go to the game, don't, don't doesn't know what's happening. At least yep. in rugby, as you I say, agree. the referee, you can hear what the referee's saying. Yep. And even yep. on TV, you can hear what the referee's saying. So yep. I think that 
would help definitely the match going supporters. But as you say, yeah, VAR unfortunately is probably here to stay. But is it a good thing that it's going to stay? Time will tell. Yeah, I just yeah, they just need to. Oh, it's, is it? They just need to improve it, don't they? They need to sort of, you know, I don't know, uh, because they're making too many mistakes. It's the results of football matches at the moment can be determined by VAR, and that's wrong. Managers losing their jobs, Ma- players, yeah, 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 because everybody's under pressure in that sense. Um, so yeah, yeah, and all they do is say, "Oh, we've made a mistake," you know. Oh, let's move on to the next game. And it's, and it's, you know, yeah, I don't, I think VAR's a waste of space at the moment. I believe in it, but not as it is now. Speaking of waste of space at times, we'll talk about Chelsea of today, of 2023. A little bit of a patchy season so far. There's been some decent performances, but the results have not been consistent. New manager in, in Mauricio Pochettino. Me personally, I feel a little bit sorry for him for what he's uh, had to put up with with the regime. But what's your take on it, Brian? What's your sort of take from sort of seeing Chelsea of this modern time? And yeah, I just, I just, I mean, I always, I thought it was a good move to get Pochettino in. I just, I've, I've always thought he's been quite a good manager. Um, But again, um, where going back to when we were talking about when I started and playing, there was. a lot of senior players, where at the moment I think with Chelsea they're all quite young. There, there are some good players, but there's nobody of senior to sort of unless unless it's Mister Silver, who's who's but he can't do everything. There's you should have a good balance of 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 senior players and young players. Where I think most of the players now at this moment in time are quite young and quite. Um, you know, they haven't got the experience of being in the situation they're being in now. And they're totally under pressure. But I think the money, the, the, the money spot the game to, to a certain degree. And it'll be interesting what happens with Chelsea, whether they win a trophy this season or one of the domestic cups at least, or how, they, how they'll get on if they reach top four. If they don't reach top four, what could happen with Poch? What could happen with some of the players? Are Chelsea going to spend big again in January? There's rumours of us yeah. trying yes. to spend another 100-odd, uh, 200 million. It, yeah, it's just complete and utter... It just, it just seems chaos at the moment at Chelsea. And even yeah, and, without the results on the pitch. Yeah, and again, you know, we go back to the injury. They don't seem to have a, a consistency of players where they can pick the same players week on week. And, and sort of it's... the team changes constantly because of injuries. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll uh, we'll obviously we'll either be more stressed between now and May <laughs> or we'll be actually a little bit more pleased. We shall see. But yeah. well it, it either makes my weekend or it destroys my weekend. <laughs> the result not 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 just not just us but our families as well it has to we yes. have to put that as well final <laughs> yeah. question brian from me and again thank you for being um, on on the show today how do you look back on your time at chelsea oh yeah i mean i i was you know when you look back at the 1970 fa cup winning side and you look at players of vanetti osgood harris and that and i and i can say i played with them Stamford Bridge in the first team is just 
enormous. You know, I just I've got some great memories um, and they will never be taken away from me. Um, and as we say, you know, once a blue, always a blue and I will always be blue. And I have some wonderful, wonderful memories um, with me be playing um, with some great players. Beautifully put. Brian, that was lovely. Thank you very much for coming on to the show. It'll be great to see you back at the bridge one day, hopefully quite soon. And Yes, I'm back in December. Um, I'm coming to the Crystal Palace game and the Sheffield United game. Oh, lovely. So coming back for Christmas. Okay, well, hopefully, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy the game and won't be too stressed out and thinking, <laughs> no, I'm not going back for a while after that. But thank you very much for coming on to the show, Brian. It's been a pleasure and all the best. Thanks very much, Keith. Pleasure. Thank you.